Spectre Cinema Club, episode 144. Lenny on Letterboxd gives Talk to Me 3.5 out of 5, saying, New fear unlocked, being haunted by a ghost with a foot fetish. We don't kink shame here on the podcast, unless it's a demon. Welcome, welcome back to the Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with the horror subgenres. I'm your co-host, Garrett McDowell, sitting across from me, Devon Taylor. Hello, hello. Uh, you ready to talk dirty to me? I am. Well, I am. talk spooky to me. We got it. We got a class pan. The, the whole episode We're just is class pans. <laughs> uh, uh, not a visual medium, but we did do it, guys. <laughs> I promise. Uh, yeah, uh, we got a, a nice little new release to sneak in here for a bonus episode. Um, yep. I. I thought it was like nice to like include it in the um you know internet horror uh, month um even though it is still technically July I don't think I'm gonna tag this with the Wi-Fi or die because it really doesn't do the the, the, the internet portion which we'll get into here yeah, in a moment. The, the marketing certainly led you to believe it would uh, like it was some crazy internet kind of sensation, but it's really just a couple of idiots in the school <laughs> just doing dumb shit. Yeah, <laughs> so so we'll we'll talk about that more. But as far as like it is still technically July, and I guess it somewhat fits, but it's a nice in between of. Uh, you know, uh, ending one month and then, yeah. you know, we'll be going into our new even even if it's not, it's causing enough stir in the horror community yeah, that we kind of have to talk about it. We, you know? Yeah, we definitely want to talk about it. And, you know, we'll go ahead and like say up front with everything that has been uh, kind of going on with the SAG and WGA um, strike going on. Uh, we were at first not going to we were thinking about not reviewing this because we weren't sure on the guidelines and uh, literally like every single day we've gotten, oh uh, gotten different updates and but also clarifications and uh, we definitely got stuff and uh, one this is not promo because we are not paid in any way by the studios or anything like that we were not asked to review this this is us reviewing it because it's a movie that people are talking about and you know uh, we want to also give the the film and filmmakers their due as well yeah um, you know, as they're already dealing with an unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know, circumstance. And um, and then also the most recent development, though, uh, which has been really cool, is uh, A24 has been one of the studios that has been approved to still film, uh, to go into production on films because they are meeting the um, the stipulations and the, the requests that, you know, that yeah. is holding up this whole strike to begin with. So they are basically saying, like, oh, these are the wages you guys want. We will... Uh, we will sign off and we will do that so that way we can continue yeah. to make movies. So, you know, as much as uh, people sometimes shit on A24 uh, as they've gotten bigger over time, they are still kind of independent at their heart. So I yeah. think that was really cool. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a really long conversation. We just talked about it uh, on my uh, other podcast. Scum and Villainy did an entire episode about kind of the ins and outs of this, how uh, uh, it affects the film industry, but also kind of how it affects us as content creators and as journalists and and all of these kind of things. So I also like reached out to a lot of other people who are uh, peers, people who I admire in in this space of movie talkery and uh, kind of ask their uh, perception on this. And then in addition to that, um, Variety also did uh, an article um, talking about um, SAG-AFTRA and WGA and kind of how that affects this entertainment journalism community and influencer kind of space. And 
Uh, I'm sure we'll link all of that in the uh, description of this if you guys want to um, read about that as well as other ways that you guys can um, help out. But um, essentially what it said is kind of what you had already mentioned is, is there some sort of transaction happening, whether it be monetary exposure, mm -hmm. you get a free hat and a t-shirt or, or, or are you just seeing the movie and coming on the space like a podcast or an article or something like that, uh, coming from it from a point of analysis and discussion rather than, this episode is brought to you by Talk to Me, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel confident in saying that I think that you and I uh, approach all of these movies not with the intent to promote them or to get people to watch them, but rather uh, creating a discussion. And uh, personally, not necessarily reflective of the podcast, I think that that sense of discussion and uh, 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 appreciation of film is actually vital at this time. Um, I think in a time where writers and creatives are not valued, I think it is um, really essential to value the work that they create and, and understand that these writers and these filmmakers are so integral to all of these things that you and I love and, and others love. And, you know, we couldn't do this podcast without it. So I, I'm glad that we do have a space and have an opportunity that we can highlight these filmmakers and continue to uh, signal boost them and, and, and what they're actually creating. But apart from that, yeah, if you guys want to, to donate, there's a lot of um, uh, places that you can support. One that I've been um, kind of recommending people is the uh, Entertainment Community Fund, which mm -hmm. is a nonprofit yep. organization that assists uh, writers and actors and other entertainment workers in need. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll include all of that in the description as well as um, other ways that people can help. And then if you are a content creator as well, there's also rules and regulations on that. So I'm sure we'll try to keep that in mind uh, as we continue to do the show. But um, as far as you know, the day of recording, it is okay if we continue to talk about that, but I will have to take off my talk to me foam finger and hat and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there are many ways and resources out there um, explaining how you can show solidarity and the proper ways to do so and yeah. to support it and everything. And so, yes, I will make sure to have the links uh, below. And then, like, if you, uh, you know, drive past a picket line, drop off a case of water, it's real hot out, you know, there's totally. Uh, even things like that. But even yeah. with Warner Brothers chopping down the fucking trees and everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> evil. <laughs> fucking evil, yeah. I swear. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so many ways to do it. But, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, we don't we do not do this for promotion to, to you know, uh, drive money to the studios or anything like that. This is, you know, for the movies, for the filmmakers. And, uh, again, like, even in times like this, I think this is one of the discussions of these movies is even more important. Totally. Word of mouth 100%. is, you know, so important now with, you know, the way that things are kind of – uh, happening at the moment yeah. so yeah we just uh, you know we we always love to be in on the conversation and uh and uh so now that we've uh, gotten a little bit of that out of the way let's go ahead and uh, jump into our bonus review for this episode <laughs> talk to me released july 28th 2023 so if you're listening to this episode on release day it is out now, and you can uh, go ahead and see it. Um, uh, this was directed by Danny and Michael Philippou. Um, they are twin brothers, uh, also known as Raka Raka on YouTube. Um, and they were kind of known for doing uh, mainly comedy sketches with like tin with like some horror elements and like kind of gross out splatter yeah. uh, elements. As, as to much it. as YouTube will allow. <laughs> yes, as much as it allow, and uh, you know, so that's a uh, uh, kind of the vibes they uh, did. Like kind of, they did. Um, they did like that uh, kind of blurred, uh, like blurred reality type vlogs where mm -hmm. it's like presented as real and stuff. And it is real, but it's like they, sure. you know, they heighten it themselves like to certain degrees. 
Um, I don't know what uh, that subgenre of YouTube is called, but that's what they do. Uh, kind of, yeah. um, I, we I, we mentioned uh, Josh Ovale in the Spree episode, and he was also kind of a right. part of that same subgenre that was like really popular between like 2015 and 2019. Sure, when when vlogs were really popular, you know. Yeah, uh, Michael even uh, uh, participated in one of uh, the creator clashes and did a boxing match against another YouTuber. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, he won. He won, too. Good for him. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, uh, so coming from a YouTube background, uh, this was written by Danny and uh, Bill Himsman. Uh, Him- Himsman. Bill Him. Uh, it was written by Danny and Bill Himsman. Uh, cinematography done by Aaron McLisky. Score done by Cornell Wilczek and edited by Jeff Lamb. Uh, no box office numbers at the moment because we uh, both saw this uh, a good like week and a half in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, at the moment, no box office. So, you know, take a look at that here in a couple of weeks and uh, see where it's at. Um, so that means the review numbers are also low for Rotten Tomatoes on uh, 72 reviews, though, 96 percent. Uh, very Pretty high. Respectable. Uh, only only three uh, were uh, downvoted. And we've got him here tied up in the corner. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> um, uh, can you guess uh, what do you think that letterbox average is sitting at? And this is uh, obviously yeah. just our movie friends and people that have seen it. So Probably what do you the think people that right were now? literally in our theaters uh, yes. seeing this or at its premiere at Sundance. I'm going to say that this is at a cool uh, 3.8 out of 5. I think that the 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 spooky boys and girls and everybody in between is probably really feeling this one. You're always literally only off by point. God one. damn it! You are you are always <laughs> like right there. It's a three point seven Son right of now. Son a bitch. Three point seven. Uh, pretty respectable. And uh, yeah, we'll see what that number uh yeah. also looks like here in a couple of weeks. Unfortunately for us, it's also prices right rules, and so I went over, so I get nothing. So you get nothing. Damn it. And uh, I mean, but this uh, it's had a lot of buzz since Sundance. Oh yeah. Um, it uh, you know, and then whenever it started having some more screenings about a month ago, and then uh, you know, this has uh, kind of been. Talked up as a maybe one of the best of the year. Ooh, we'll maybe. see. Um, it's definitely a, a talker, like so far, because even in like before at the time of us recording, and not everybody has seen it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's already been so much talk about it. For sure, a uh, little too much talk. I will say, uh, I love all of our spooky friends, but some people are uh, getting Spilling a little the clo- beans a little too. They're much. getting a little close with those uh, out of context spoilers that people like to do. But it's like, oh, hey, I see. yeah, and and I, and I don't like that because it's like. Even though, yes, it's out of context, you're doing it. Now that thing is in my head while sure, I'm like sure, watching sure. something. Yeah. So in a way, you're still <laughs> spoiling. So yeah. I don't know. Stop doing that, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm especially a movie like this, I remember seeing the trailer briefly when it first came out, and I hadn't really seen too much marketing for it and didn't really know anything about the film other than uh, the, you know, the filmmakers behind it and then uh, A24 and then just the hype. So, yeah, I would say with this movie, definitely go in knowing uh, as little as you can. But hopefully if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it. But yes, of course, goes without saying spoilers uh, uh, throughout in this entire episode. So, yeah, go see it. It's out in theaters. Yes, new release, but we will be still doing full on spoilers for sure. I mean, I guess our initial thoughts might be a little bit non-spoilery, mm-hmm. but um, uh, but yeah, this one it um, you know, w- the thing with a twenty four movies and the way that they market movies, yeah, is always very interesting. And sometimes I feel like movies, uh, it's a bit of a curse in a way because a twenty four, I think. Uh, you know, just having them on board on it. And this was a uh, acquired movie. This was not a produced by right. them. Uh, yes. This was Australian produced. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like having being connected to A24, the expectations tend to 
uh, move around a lot more. Like, mm-hmm. either it's going to, you know, and it's usually, like, sometimes it drives up the hype, and then you see yeah. something, then you're just like, uh, you know, or yeah. they might, like, do, like, the thing where they try to mislead you with the trailer, but then that also leads, you know, your expectations yeah. one way or the other. And so, like, yeah, I'm already seeing lots of not only best of year, I'm seeing people say best of the decade, I'm seeing hereditary comparisons, and I'm like, uh, we, it, you know, th- we we love to sensationalize, sure. you know, these movies um, lately, and like it, yeah. and, and it's uh, so so always manage your hype when it comes to like yeah. something like that. So I'll say that leading into like my initial thoughts was my hype, you know, my expectations. As much as I tried to avoid trailers and reviews, I yeah. only saw like tweets and letterbox clippings, and of course my my hype I, crept I, up. I, I literally because I saw it a little bit before you did. Literally yeah. when I saw you, I was like, go in. <laughs> And take out all the expectations because I know you, you Devon. I know you, Devon, and I know you were going to go into this and be like, horror movie of the decade. It's going to freak the shit out of me. And, yeah, you uh, actually watching it. You told me a little bit of what you thought, so I'm hoping that you went in as like, hey, we'll just see how it goes as possible. I mean, (laughs) I tried to be as neutral, and, like, I saw that you actually, like, wrote, like, a a little piece on it in in Letterboxd. And what I did was I skimmed it. I did not read it but until after I watched it. Um, uh, and yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't that like I was thinking it was going to be the best horror movie of the year. It yeah. was just like people saying this. And so I was just expecting hard to, to keep be, it out of your mind. I was mind. just expected yeah. to be really great yeah. uh, for the things that I was seeing. And this movie for me is exactly, I mean, spoiling my movie math, but like this is last year's smile for me. People were really like, no, this is really good. It's better than you think it is. And mm. like, and it's kind of, uh, the f- and I'll say for the first half of this, very fresh, very interesting. And the setup, I think, was really great. Mm-hmm. And again, like the idea of it being like a viral sensation, uh, you know, take on a possession movie. And the movie really doesn't tap into that. Um, it has a, a proponent of people like filming and stuff a lot. But like, yeah, but it's really, again, though, that's a question of marketing and expectations. It, it is. It, it is uh, for sure. And so, I mean, but here's the thing. It's not only that wasn't what I was expecting or what I it, and I didn't get what I wanted, but it could have improved. But also yeah. what they did choose to do, I don't think worked. That's fair. Uh, I yeah. think the movie uh, kind of just kind of goes in circles after that first like 40 minutes and mm-hmm. it just kind of is trying to find its place it's doing like three different like kind of subplot angles whether it be grief of course um whether it be um there's like a slight addiction thing that they don't really go into right um and like and like and there's like a perception thing a believability of you know people or the things that you're seeing or you know videos and things like that you know so there's all these like little themes that they like kind of dabble in but never decide on one of them yeah and then the movie just like kind of wraps up in a i don't know a very cliche way for me um it definitely it's like it's set up to be very fresh and that very much backslid into that typical teen curse movie formula and it just uh, i mean great sound design uh there's some very great bursts of violence and production value all around um for sure and there's some uh the performances are the performances are solid. Characters are not written the best, but the performances are solid. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of good happening in this, and it's very watchable uh, for sure. Um, but as far as, like, being, uh, you know, a, you know, profound take on grief or anything like that or, um, you know, delivering on a on its unique setup, yeah. uh, I don't think it sticks the landing, like, at all. <laughs> well, it sounds like you and I are kind of circling the same similar criticisms, not the exact same. I think some uh, elements I, I think worked a little bit better for me. Um, but I think 
you and I have similar complaints. It just sounds like the degree in which it bothered us is just maybe a little less for me because I really enjoyed this. I thought it was um, really, first and foremost, just as like a genre horror flick, super intense. And I, I was not really like terrified but i was just so gripped by what i was seeing and it was just so visceral in so many of the scenes and it was just this kind of you know uh, car wreck that you couldn't look from or look away from and that's that's not an insult either being able to watch this movie with a packed crowd and see everyone just kind of go on this roller coaster of a movie i was just really impressed with how much they were able to do with just 90 minutes and a pretty simple concept and some effective special effects. I think uh, the, the, on paper and the script, I think definitely, I, I think we're definitely in tandem there as far as some of the supporting characters and some, some themes, especially the addiction one that is kind of just brought up is like glanced and then just goes away. They just keep uh, saying like, it. And yeah. We don't yeah. see any of it. Yeah. They just say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like a little seasoning, but not quite uh, enough to make a full meal out of it. But uh, yeah, I thought um, uh, the performances across the board were really excellent. Um, I thought um, some characters were given a bit more care um, than others. Um, but ultimately I liked what the film had to say about um, grief. I know that's such a thing nowadays with horror. Uh, and honestly, when I was watching this and seeing the first scene in this movie is uh, a girl at like the funeral or like not necessarily the funeral, but like the one year anniversary wake. I don't, I don't know if that's an Australian thing, but like the one year anniversary of her mom's death. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know, it's another horror, uh, modern horror film about grief. And I think that they offer enough of a fresh spin to distinguish itself, even if its DNA is similar to a lot of other contemporary horror films. But you know, it, you're right. It being an A24 film, I think that there is an expectation because of the reputation that they've garnered for themselves being like one of the mo more consistent voices in horror nowadays and being able to offer so many different flavors and subgenres to play within horror rather than something like a Blumhouse, which is generally maybe the same two or three kind of uh, subgenres. Mm -hmm. A24 has, has really diversified their, their filmography. So I understand why people go into this, especially with the word of mouth and everything. But I think that this is one where it's just it's best not to look a gift horse, horse in the mouth. And it's like this was a damn solid horror movie. It was frightening. Good scares. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Not great characters. I think it is missing uh, a few things to make it truly exceptional. But I just felt like it was like that was solid. Ninety minutes, really enjoyed it, and I, I didn't need too much else. I think it gives me enough where I'm able to emotionally kind of sink my teeth into mm -hmm. it, but not enough to where I'm like, holy shit, this is an all timer. You uh, know? I'll say the I'll say the movie going experience of it definitely did help it totally. Um, because I like I'll warn you guys, this is gonna be a nitpicky episode for me. That's fine. Um, yeah, but um, that's what we're here for diving yeah. in. Um, but, uh, but, but it was a very fun crowd watch. Like it was a packed theater, fun crowd. People were reacting at the right times. Uh, some oh, really, yeah. there were some really great moments of like it being completely silent. Now you hear one person like say something by accident, like a little too loud. Exactly. It's, like, everybody everybody like, gets that yeah. giggle. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Th there were multiple moments of that. And like this movie is like surprisingly funny too. I oh, mean, yeah. I guess not surprisingly now that Given after the, I yeah. looked at the, the guys' YouTube channels, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, like this is what they're Sketch really comedians, known for yeah. of uh, kind of being really goofy guys. And so the the comedy <clears throat> so the comedy did work. And again, like uh, like I very much had like a good experience watching it. I guess it was like uh, immediately afterwards and then like 
towards like the end of it that's whenever i like kind of started like ignoring sure. like the kind of the fun that i was having i definitely had some portions like i had like you know my my hand up to my face you know or like yeah. you know tensing up waiting for something you right. know like i definitely like had experience moments like that so yeah i won't say that i had like a bad experience with this movie or anything yeah. um it's just gonna sound that way because of the things that i'm gonna nitpick it, it is <laughs> such a devon thing too and I, I feel like i knew not even the film alone but like i feel like that happens a lot like it happened last year with barbarian to where everybody's like oh horror movie of the year in devon season he's like we'll see we'll see yes literally <laughs> literally that that is actually the exact that that more represents the attitude that i had going into yeah, this not yeah. me being like oh this is gonna be the best thing it was the, yeah. yeah i had a we'll see and i kind of had that fulfilled yeah. in a way which which i feel like is that's only going to be effective for you the first go around on a rewatch unless like obviously barbarian was its own was its own thing but rewatching a film like this or a barbarian or even like a nope or something like that you know where the film is you know and you can meet it where the film is at rather than the other way around we've talked about this before i was like going in with expectations and like kind of going in i wish the movie was this rather than okay this is what the movie is and trying to appreciate that so i, w- I would hope that on maybe subsequent uh watches and this is already i can't wait to watch this with friends like this is already in that game and i can't wait to show this people and to see their reactions to this and i i think that the things that don't work for me in this movie will not necessarily go away but will certainly be smoothed out on, on rewatches i think on the rewatch like you know because it's you know one hard thing about when we do new releases is like obviously like we go and see this in a theater can't really take notes sure um so we don't have that but then also though uh and this being a very australian movie uh, I don't know if it's just me. I really needed subtitles, same, so I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how much my narrative nitpicks will, you know, maybe get cleared up a bit yeah. just by seeing the subtitles because there were good chunks where I had no idea what they were saying, I, and I was in the yeah. front row too, so I'm like trying <laughs> yeah. to read their lips. I have the sound right in my ears, and there were a few lines I was just like what what yeah yeah thankfully i do listen to uh uh an australian podcast uh, podcast shout out the weekly planet so i feel like my ear is kind of attuned to the uh to the australian uh the australian tongue but yeah there were uh at least two moments in this where i literally was like huh like <laughs> and i'm a big subtitle guy i always i don't i i hear just fine uh lord willing for the next few years but i am a big subtitle it helps me engage more and mm. usually in movie theaters it's not an issue for me but yeah with with the with the accent and hopefully not oppenheimer too uh, <laughs> i'll let you know uh, after today the day of recording whether or not that is a, a sound issue yeah there uh, as well but yeah subtitles are, would definitely be appreciated yeah as per the you know my feelings in the tragedy girls episode very pro captions now oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's not even like I love Australian accents. It was just like they don't enunciate. Sure. So that like it's so funny. I was just like a few times going like, fuck, yeah. I totally missed that. Well, it was I funny <laughs> in the in the Q&A, the, the directors had talked about how that was like a studio note that they had initially received of like recasting Australian actors for American mm. actors because they were like. The Australian accent isn't very cinematic, you know, because of somebody they, the, the example that they said is if somebody was like, oh, my God, there's a ghost. And you're like, oh, my God, there's a ghost. You know, it's just not quite the same. <laughs> I mean, uh, that that's unfortunate. <laughs> like, I mean, I wouldn't say that the accent's not cinematic. I mean, that's that's a not weird, my words, not my yeah, words. No, that's a weird, yeah, that's, a, that's just a weird way to put it, because it's like 
you could say that, I guess about any language, but <laughs> but uh, but but I do I do uh, commend them for like sticking to sticking their guns, guns and being yeah. and this is a very Australian movie. Like yep. they have like Australian slang in there that I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, you know, like certain things like that. So like I do love that it is like very unabashedly Australian. I just like yeah. I on the rewatch, I'm definitely gonna sure. wait till I see it at home just so I can like watch the subtitles. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to rewatch it at home. I think it will uh, will definitely benefit. So I'm excited to uh, go ahead and dive on in. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, do our 60-second synopsis before uh, we uh, dive in real uh, deeper with it. Uh, you know, it's been a minute. I'll switch up. I'll do it this time. Ooh, he's ready. I'll, let me I'll get step up to the plate. Let on me this get my one. stopwatch. You know, it's been a been a few seconds. I need to I need to sprinkle mine in there a little bit more. We need to get one of those fancy stopwatches that like a like a track coach would have. Ooh, I do like love the I the love the tactile button. Yeah, yeah, I do we, love. We got to get that started. So, are you ready to go? Are you uh, you on the starting line? I'm ready. I'm All ready. Right. Three, two, one, go. Talk to me is a film about some kiddos that uh, come up with a new party game where they uh, let spirit possess them through uh the dead hand of a medium and it's like encased in a statue now and uh that is their thing it's like kind of gives you a high gives you a rush in a way but they you know boil it down to where they have very specific rules and as long as you don't break these rules uh nothing bad will happen well then there wouldn't be a movie so of course those things happen one of them uh gets a little bit too into it whenever um it, she become you know maybe is communing with a spirit very close to her of her dead mother and uh, the rest of the movie is kind of uh, uh, the mystery of, okay, how do we reverse it? We got one person in the hospital that's still possessed. How do we undo that? What does it all mean? Where did the hand come from? Don't worry, we're never going to find out. And uh, and it culminates in a very, uh, you know, uh, bleak and uh, fitting uh, ending, I would say. Yeah. That sounds good to me. I don't uh, need the extra time. Coming right under 57 seconds. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since you've done the 60 seconds. That was, that was my best one yet. I didn't trip up too much in that one. I would say you got it in there. You, you, you set up the, the, the stage pretty well, and you're exactly right. This, this being a horror movie, the moment they're like, okay, guys, we're going to do this, but you can't do this thing. You're just like, well, somebody's going to do happening. the thing, and then so we can see the movie. So, yeah, the, the, the rule in this one is that these – you know, these kids commune with this ghost. You, you shake the hand and you say, talk to me. And then you, you see a ghost appear in front of you uh, and you can you can talk to the ghost. But to let it possess you, you have to say, um, uh, I let you in, I believe is the phrase. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they possess you for no more, no more Devon than 90 seconds. But of course, um, they go over the line. And I do want to talk about uh, that, though, because that was one of my favorite things in this is the relationship between Mia and her, her you know, uh, recently deceased mother, that being the kind of, um, that being the inciting incident for this movie, I thought was great because I think in a lesser horror movie, it would just be dumb kids doing dumb kids shit. But I love that it was rooted in character for her and that she is seeing what maybe is her mother right in front of her. And there is this question that she has of like, did my mother actually commit suicide or was this an accidental drug overdose? Didn't have that sense of closure. And so this presented an op opportunity for her. And just like kind of a monkey's paw thing, she gets what she wishes more time with her mom. But at what, at, at what cost, you know? Yeah, the yeah. I guess to start off on the the grief, uh, grief porn trauma uh, subgenre, grief and trauma. You know, we uh, uh, it will never stop. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, you know, kicking that off in, I felt like 
Yeah, it was like it, it was a fine, like you said, like it did make sense for her doing it and it became more than like just like kids being dumb. Yeah. Um, but then just like, yeah, the, the whole back and forth never worked for me on like it. We'd never really get the, the concrete answer. We never really get the concrete answer. If the spirit she was talking to was indeed her oh, mother. See, I love that. I or, love and, that. I mean, yeah, like ambiguity for sure. But like I need some portion of it sure. like, to make it feel like, OK, is it that monkey paw at the end that she is now stuck in this void? But hey, at least she gets to be with her mom. So is it a bitter, uh, super bitter sweet one? Or is it the, uh, you know, the total fuck you that's like, oh, no, that wasn't your mom and you're stuck now. Like, so it's yeah. like I would like to know See, which uh, man, which I, one because I just want to feel one yeah. of those ways See, about it, you know. So it's like yeah. I need just a smidge and like. The way that her dad is, like, so not present in the movie is, mm -hmm. like, not explained and, like, the way that it's supposed to connect and then she's supposed to be suspicious of him and, like, uh, and it just, it, it was all too vague. I'm as fine far with as ambiguity. Like Mia, Mia's character. Y yeah. yeah it, it, so I'm fine with ambiguity, but I need, I need some details, you yeah. know. I, I think that the, the filmmakers do a good job of putting enough clues to kind of either make you just one suspicious or two, like, just, just piece it together to where I believe if we're going to talk about like theories and stuff, I don't think that she was communing with her mom. Maybe initially. Yes. But after that, no, I, I think that I love the idea that these entities and these ghosts are able to show you what you want to see and are able to manipulate that and, and use it to their will. And I do think it's again, it's tough because we, we can't take notes during these movies or if we can, we're like, you know, it's in the dark and we've got our pen and pad. <laughs> uh, but I, I remember there were uh, a few lines or moments where it really seemed like once you tell this ghost like that they can be inside you, uh, they, they seem to like you. they learn about mm -hmm. you. They learn about your insecurities and your fears. And I, I love the idea that, yeah, maybe initially when she first saw her mom. Great. But after that point, these ghosts know that that's a weakness and we can kind of exploit all of that. So I, 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 I think that that sense of unsuredness is it, to me, it doesn't feel like a mistake. It feels like a, an intentional choice that the filmmakers are, are are choosing to do. And also, I think Mia feels the same thing. I feel like Mia doesn't really know if this is her mom or it is, or you know, if she's. There's multiple scenes in the movie where like uh, her dad is like knocking on the door, and she and she's like, "Oh, that's not your dad. Like he's she's coming to get you." You know. So I love that this, it is this kind of the devil on Mia's shoulder, telling her to not trust everybody. And, you know, I mean, she just kind of goes along with it because she yeah. assumes it's her mom. Uh, again, I just need it to lean one way or the other. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like it when it's just like laid out to a degree to where it literally could just be either one down the middle. I need it to – even if it's like not going to give me the answer, I still need an inference because it's sure. either A – it's either a she you know is you know so engrossed with you know believing that's her mother mm -hmm. even though it's like like she's like oh yeah the it called me me and it's like that a ghost could really take a a, a, yeah. a good guess at your name being Mia and guess what your nickname is, you know, yeah. to impersonate your mother. So it's like There's only three letters. So it's either <laughs> A, she is like so blindly, you yeah. know, like believing it, even though it's clearly not, because I don't think at any point it's her mother, like at all. Like I, like I don't think at, I think yeah. she is being manipulated from the beginning because, again, I feel like that just makes sense for the grief angle that yeah. they're going to do. Yeah. But then. Once they kind of realize, you know, learn more about the way that these things work, um, it, you know, it just like kind of gets a little bit more far fetched as they continuously like throughout the movie, just like don't believe certain things or like don't 
you know, like, um, you know, like they don't believe Mia when she, you know, is like, you know, they that she saw another spirit and then that's why she was sucking homie's foot. They're like, no, that that doesn't even make sense. It's like, well, this whole situation doesn't make sense, you know. Sure. So it's like they they're very kind of loosey goosey in that angle, and I guess that'll take us into the into the uh, possession angle. Possession movies, one of my favorite subgenres. We're gonna be doing them in December. Very mm-hmm. excited for that. Uh, We're gonna be doing possessions, you and me. You know, to you, the listener. <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, and <laughs> and you know, and I mentioned that this movie does like kind of slide back into being formulaic. Yeah, and I'm fine. And like you'll you'll hear that in in December is like the possession movies always stick to the formula, and that's kind of something I appreciate about it. But mm-hmm. yet, it's you know, it's how you use that formula. I don't care. It's it's not the fact that it's too familiar. Yeah, it's okay. You can use the familiar thing, but then what are you gonna do with it? And that's my problem with the movie, is they kind of set up the super fun premise of it being like, okay, yeah, like so we have the clear rules, um, you know, all the things, and I feel like they really could have just spent so much more of the movie like being about like you know like because at first it's like certain kids you know go to these parties to it you know watch it happen to see if they believe that it's happening or if the person is just faking it you know yeah and so i feel like they could have went into that more especially if mia does have a history of drugs and being not trustworthy but again all of that stuff in mia's backstory is literally just told we never see like mia being like a bad person or like a, a like sketch kind of person at all sure. like really um but we kind of keep being told that she is so it's like i feel like they could have taken that and played into the like is she faking it is she not and then that play into them like you know trying to beat the curse later in the movie they could have spent so i feel like they could have spent more time on it and maybe they didn't want it to feel gimmicky but at the same time like you guys come from a youtube in social media background so go ahead and embrace it you know like yeah uh, you know, rather than it being, we get a few scenes of it. We get a few fun scenes where they are like literally like instead of just drinking, they are just like t- you know taking turns getting possessed like over and over again. Sequence, yeah. yeah, the montage was fun. The setup at the very beginning, the very first like party scene of it is yeah. really fun, uh, in the way that they do it. And I think like the whole possession angle of it was interesting, but then it kind of goes away from their fresh take on a possession movie to then focus on the you know typical tropes of the you know ghost curse movie i i respectfully disagree i i think that the film does offer a a a fresh take on this because i i think it is really unique to show a, a a consented possession as like a means of uh either like ecstasy using it almost like a drug and we'll talk about the addiction angle too using it almost like a drug but i love that mia takes it as an opportunity to talk to a loved one not that she does it seeking that but it sort of finds her that is something that we see a lot in possession movies of like oh you know we've lost a loved one let's reach out to them let's call a psychic medium light the candles and we'll you know uh, uh try to make contact but i love that it is something that she just stumbles into um, and then as a result of that, using that as, again, kind of like a, 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 a drug or something that she wants to continue to pursue, not not having like the hauntings stop in a way. I thought that that was 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 really unique. And I, I think as far as like the viral trend is concerned, I understand why the filmmakers were maybe a little bit hesitant to do that because we have seen mm-hmm. things like that recently, whether it's like. 
you know, The Ring, like that's a, pr- a pretty basic one. Um, there was that god-awful Truth or Dare movie. You know, I think that there is kind of this, um, uh, even uh, um, It Follows has like a viralness to it, not necessarily uh, from an internet perspective, but from like a disease perspective. I understand why the filmmakers are maybe a little bit hesitant to do something like that. And I think that just the very conceit of a possession is a party trick that people can just try and dip their toes in and having that be the appeal. I felt like that was enough to distinguish itself from, from uh, the other films. And, and, and I think that uh, the other films in, in, that deal with similar subject matter. And then I also think that as far as like the, the grief perspective is concerned, I, I, I think that so many bad examples of horror movies. And I think that the reason that grief and trauma has like, you know, uh, been kind of a talking point or almost like a punchline nowadays is because there are so many horror movies that are just like, oh, let's just do fill in the blank, but but grief, but make it grief. Let's do Halloween, but make it grief. Let's do Insidious, but make it grief. You know, like there are so many of these movies that come out nowadays that just use grief as like a, as almost like a a, a veneer to put on the movie to make it serious and 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 uh, quote unquote elevated, you know. But I think that this movie uses grief in a way that is really true to character and it impacts the plot in a really significant way, but also raises the stakes for our character too. That mm. this is something that is important to them. Not having that closure of um, did my mother kill herself or did she not, and using that as the allure. Uh, that you know is just that again that that kind of monkey's paw of this this shiny object that you can just take but at, but what is it going to cost you and I love that it doesn't cost her anything I love that it costs everybody else around her something that is a good yeah. that is a good angle and I do like that and that's where I disagree with a lot of what you just said because like it's fine I do feel like the movie just kind of uses it as the the lampshade to to kind of tie in like because yes it does have you know, ties to the narrative and it completely makes sense. I guess it's partially again, one, it doesn't feel original. It's yeah. I understand why she's doing all these dangerous things because she misses her mom and wants to see her mom. Sure. And yeah, that's how grief works. You usually miss the person and you want to see them. (laughs) So like, again, so like if you are going to present us with this, you know, like kind of complicated flawed character that they keep saying she is sure. They're not spending time on that. So it's like, I think that, yeah, she could still have, you know, her dead mom and stuff like that. But, like, I don't think that still need to be the very sole emotional, you know, core for this of it being so much of her, you know, like seeing all the pain she's causing around her because she's, you know, misses her mom so much. We could have still had a complicated character study with her and it not be the sole focus. I I totally agree with that. I, I do feel like this movie really nails down the grief in the Mia perspective, whereas like every other character in the movie, I think is defined by like one attribute. It's literally just like, I'm the mom and I'm concerned about my children. I'm the friend and I have a boyfriend. You know, it's like everybody is just just this one kind of dimension to them. And I, 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 I will knock the movie for that is that it doesn't really seem to have much of an interest in, in exploring these other characters, exploring any other ideas other than um, 
grief as in like again a smidge of addiction just like a little bit uh it's not even enough to really say it's like a full-on theme or motif in this movie but it's just it, it is there um but yeah i i totally will agree on that that i think some more diversity in the themes as well as these other characters uh not from like a race perspective but from a uh, dimension perspective that I'll, these supporting characters need mm-hmm. development too I'll, you know? I'll say they did this kind of character better than the latest hellraiser movie did that's fair. Um, yeah, because I feel like the those two protagonists are kind of similar yeah. in a way because there was like even um it, you know there's a big uh you know not only you know her direct connection like complications with her family but mm-hmm. then the the found family aspect I found all that very interesting too yeah. and then like when it gets to a point where Jade's like ooh I hate the way that you've like forced your way into our lives I was like ooh yeah I want to learn more about that. Sure. Like in like totally. why there's this agree. situation that she doesn't stay with her dad and she likes to be with, you know, close with this family. And then what, it like you said, the way it affects everyone else around her. I feel like we could have gotten spent more time with that, too, to like kind of show that, you know, that, yeah, the, ha- the, the hand is cursed, but Mia is the curse. Like, totally. You know, like, you know, maybe she because it was like even though people would like keep getting mad at her, they would still come back to her and then like continue on because you know well we still got movie to go you know so it was like so it's not like she was like burning bridges with each character and then like by the end she's left with nothing it's like no they like they get mad at her and then later on it's like well uh, we got to go do the thing so let's we're okay so like yeah i I guess they could have went to that but um yeah so we kind of touched on that uh possession viral curse uh subgenre um, in a way, um, and then the and then I had body horror listed because I really the the shit that they uh, the way that they fuck Riley up in this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As far as subgenres, like, definitely. They they set him up as the sweetest boy and everything, and he's like that that I understand like him of like being just a few years younger than them and like wanting to you know be included in like all that stuff, and then yeah. him being just the the poor one in the bed you know just like just got destroyed oh my god oh my god like so the the burst of violence in this yeah really do work and then just like every time you see riley and just the swelling the makeup on him is yeah i I knew we would have both appreciate it but this is like firmly like both feet planted in the fuck them kids camp like this he this kid goes through the (laughs) ringer in this movie like the the fact that the 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 film is it's it's spooky you know before that coffee table scene and then like the fireplace mantle but at that point it just takes such a dark fucking turn and i loved that that it is literally just like we we i i felt like how the characters do to where you're just seeing this little boy just completely mangle their fucking face and you're just like oh my god you know like, like it's so visceral it's an incredible piece like yeah. it, it like that is a very incredible set piece it comes after like the fun montage of all the possessing and then um and it sets up you know like the i guess whose fault is it also which yeah uh we can get into here in a here in a few but um but just uh i mean shout out to that stunt performer for like selling those Sending hits so it, yeah. hard <laughs> and then and then when they do it in like in that scene too it's like all the hits are like full frame too it's not like they're doing like some like flashy cuts like they are just showing it. Here it is. It. Yeah, yeah. Him just crushing himself. And then it made it even worse when he fucking does it again in the hospital oh and he's already God. fucked yeah, up. Yeah. And I was like, stop it. Like, <laughs> like that one, that, that got me. But I, I love that the filmmakers too, like push it that extra mile because that hospital scene is fucked up enough to where he's hitting himself in the, the wall of the and bathroom. But he starts laughing up. and then he starts like licking the blood off of the floor. It's just like, it's just like, let's just keep pushing the envelope a little bit more. It just gets so like, again, 
visceral is just such a uh, kind of the, the word of the day with this movie. It's just, just so like fucking haunting, you know? Yeah, there was a I mean, I wouldn't I mean, I'll list it in the subgenres, but it's only vaguely there. And I don't know, there might, there could have been maybe something uh, interesting with like there's like a, a slight eroticism undertone to this. Like, no matter, like, even though, like, there's all the dark stuff and, like, there's a, there's some dark, com- or not even dark comedy. There's just good comedy amongst the teens, um, I'll say. But, like, there's a weird eroticism that, like, the ghosts, like, kind of have that, like, because, like, the, the kids are doing it. Like you said, like, almost, mm-hmm. again, like an mm-hmm. ecstasy feeling from it. And, yeah. you know, and then it's like, but for the ghosts, too, like, once they get inside a body, they, like, love it. And they start, like, moaning and touching themselves. And they're always... Yeah licking kissing somebody making out with the dog oh my god so out of pocket I, that was wild that was so out of pocket i was like come on <laughs> stop and then it, it goes on for so long too. i don't like, even want to know how they filmed that like i'm good like no thank it you goes it was on peanut butter minute. like yeah jesus and i Christ. was like yeah. stop it i was like Please. No, no 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 yeah yeah i mean i liked that there was a recent um horror movie that came out that i was not a big fan of it also made like a, a pretty good splash called the sadness i don't know if you saw that yeah came yeah, out yeah. recently and yeah. like I I didn't like it for a number of reasons. One of the most significant ones being I I just can't stand when filmmakers are just like just this edge lord bullshit of just like haha isn't this so disturbing and fucked up aren't we so you know disgusting I just can't stand that kind of shit. But I think that this movie shares similar DNA in that regard. In that like yeah, it yeah. is uncovering your deepest darkest like desires, and I love that you know they were able to come from a place of again we've already discussed it, but like. Whether it be I want to talk to my mother, I want to have this sense of closure, my relationship with my father, my, my relationship with this family and my friends, and then this guy that I may or may not have feelings towards. Like, I loved how the ghosts and this, you know, possession were able to exploit all of those. I thought that that was really fascinating and had such a, beyond just caving a child's fucking head in, like, that was even uh, another degree, like, really sinister, you know, that they, they know you. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and, and that's part of it that like kind of keeps coming up like the, the you know, connections uh, that come up like, you know, we see that like Mia and Danny like used to have a crush on each other yeah. like, when they were younger. So like that is like, you know, prayed like, you know, played upon and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then, um, you know, Mia, again, has like this implied uh, like, you know, uh, uh, Haley, the one that has the, the hand has like this like aversion yeah. uh, to them as well. And uh, so I guess as we uh, kind of talk about uh, the supporting cast a little bit, I want to say uh, Halion, uh I guess, uh, was it Joss, the other, the, the tall, beefy friend yeah. of Haley, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think is uh, Joss. Um, it, they are hilarious. Uh, I will give them credit where credit's due as a, a, a just a, a wackadoo duo in this like very serious movie. But I'll call them out because one, so that and this was my uh, spoiler marked uh, letterbox review is there's a scene yeah. where uh, it's after when they're all like yelling at Mia and blaming her for like the stuff going on, which like in one way, it's like, yeah, she like let Riley do it when, you know, everyone told him no and everything. Mm-hmm. But also like, yeah, it's still not her fault in the general sense of it all. But then there's a point where uh, if anyone's going to. Uh, take some blame it is Haley because like they're the one that like invites people to the parties does the thing and they like you know you know introduce this whole concept so it's like even if you thought it was fake you did that they knew it was real because they did it themselves yeah so it's not like they could pawn it off of being like oh we thought it was fake and it turned real it's like no 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 you guys knew it was real so they did it and Haley is the one that when um 
when Mia does it, uh, ever so casually goes, oh, hey, we went a little over. <laughs> and everybody in our crowd laughed. It was so funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Just the, like, because how you said, like, oh, we get the 90-second rule, that's going to be broken. Like, just so <laughs> casually goes, hey, we went a little over. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, had some funny comedic timing, but then there's a scene where they go, no, Mia, this, is all, this isn't our fault at all. And then they literally go, good luck, and they walk out. They walk away out of the scene, and we never see them for the rest <laughs> of the movie. So they literally say, uh, even though we were the ones that introduced everything and yeah. went over on the timer, uh, good luck, guys, and then they yeah. noped out of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's definitely a lot of blame and irresponsibility put on uh, a lot of the, the characters in this, and it was an angle that made me think of our conversation with Spree specifically is this idea of, like, is this too far-fetched? I think kids are pretty fucking dumb and maybe doing some well, dumb no, shit, you yes, know? So like if, if yes. I just think of like the kids that I went to school with and if this was something that, uh, you know, my uh, classmates had access to, you bet your fucking ass they would have been doing some dumb shit like this. Like uh, I didn't feel like that was far fetched at all. And I, I do think if this was to happen, blame would be, you know, be, being thrown at everybody. Well, you had the hand. Well, you knew the risks. You did it. You put him in danger. You brought him to the party. You know, I, I, I think that there's enough wiggle room where it, uh, I, I think everybody's deserved of a little bit of blame. Some characters certainly more than others, but everybody, it's like, hey, guys, it's pretty fucking stupid. You probably shouldn't have been, like, willfully getting possessed. <laughs> well, and, and I guess I kind of see this as um, this can kind of be looped into a coming-of-age aspect as yeah. well of, you know, these teens, like, having to, like, you know, that's what, you know, being a mature adult is like, is, like, you take accountability for just things. Just say no, Devon. Just, just say, say no. Just say no to drugs. Say no to ghosts. <laughs> um, and uh, and so it's, like, there is, like, some lesson about, like, you know, taking accountability. And, like you said, like, like there is so much time spent of everyone else pointing fingers at each other. And it's, like, does it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're here. We're let's all situation. take accountability yeah, yeah. and, like, you know, move forward. And, like, let's yeah. actually, like, put time and energy into figuring out how to undo this. Because they don't figure out shit that's no i i do like that it's like they don't like you know go to they don't get all the information from the past guy from the beginning Hell yeah. i thought that was i thought so, he was, somebody at the q a literally said like thank you for not having a scene where they go to some fucking expert or go to the guy that they bought well, the they, hand and they from do, or but whatever he gives them nothing. exactly he go, they go to a train and he's literally like oh maybe quit fucking up people's lives and that's it like that's his big insight but you see so many movies it's like i love sinister but it's like one of the worst parts of that movie to where he's like let's do the skype call with oh, the, the professor, <laughs> you know, like so many shit horror hey, movies. If you cast that. Vincent D'Onofrio, you gotta <laughs> Skype him in. Exactly. Uh, uh, oh man, he would have been a good Bagul too, with how fucking big he right? is. He would have been. Right? I would have been down for that. Anyway, so many uh, uh, horror movies, lesser or otherwise, I think have a scene like that. So I'm glad that they were just like, let's go to this guy who's no help at all, because honestly, that's scarier. And I wanted to mention, as far as subgenres, I loved how ambiguous the hand was as far as like there's like a legend and kind of like a folklore behind but this we, hand yeah, we, but you don't learn anything we don't know, it, you know and i i also would have liked i would have liked a little bit more of that kind of stuff too because like even though like they don't really get any information so it kind of would have been cool to see if them like do like more like trial and error with it like because there's that like one point they're like trying to do it with riley but oh, he's like passed out and i like, can't do it like whatever that so scene it's, like, is also really great <laughs> i know everybody's like so tense like please yeah, they, stop they, it they, they have the they they so yeah they the scene we're talking about is in the hospital bed where they do the hand thing with with the kid but he's fucking unconscious so it doesn't they, do anything yeah because so. they, they thought they didn't blow out the candle they yeah, were like exactly. was that something we messed up so they were like yeah. trying so it's like i would have liked to have seen more of that like like trying different things like let's try it at the same time and see if yeah. 
yeah. like we can both go in and like you know play more with like that little realm that we were kind of seeing a little bit sure. of i would have liked them to like kind of dabble into that stuff a little bit more yeah um but you know it is what it is i, I feel like it is a result in hearing the the filmmakers talk about this. They had five weeks to film this movie. Uh, uh, the, yeah, the, the shooting schedules was five weeks for this. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. Obviously, some of the character stuff, I think, could have been um, added with uh, a, a bit more of a script. But I remember that they were they had mentioned that one of the notes that they had gotten for this movie is that even in the final product that we get now, people were saying that it was more of a drama than it is a horror movie as far as like, it, it spends already so much time with these characters. Well, I just, I huh. frankly disagree with, um, yeah, but yeah, nah. us, us pushing the like, uh, maybe spend more time with the characters, maybe have a little bit more dimension, have more scenes of them trying you know, all these different things. I guarantee the filmmakers would be like, yeah, we wanted to, you know, <laughs> like that would have been great. This movie would have been also like maybe two, hours long and wouldn't have made as, as much of a, a, a maybe a splash but yeah that that scene of them on the bed where they i thought it was such a great idea of when they um do the talk to me and then the the, the little ghost girl like flips the script on her and then she says i let you in to me the, the 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 ghost says that and you see like the depths of hell and this fucking kid getting his like insides ripped apart by all of these ghosts and shit i felt like that was just that one like sonically was just like ripping my ears apart but it was just uh, so so intense yeah you know? shout out to uh it had to be a shunting homage uh, you haven't watched Society I've, yet. I've not. Oh, okay. Uh, Society is is on you the list. To, it's on the list. I'm I'm almost positive that had to be a shout out to Society. Wait. I feel like these guys would love the movie Society. I've wait. Um, I've seen Society. Have you? Yeah. The, the shunting. Yeah, you should. You yeah. know the shunting. I've seen it. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I, I was saying. I like was it. thinking of um from beyond. That's oh yeah, no, no, no. Similar. You know, I've seen Society. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, in in the sound design too. Yes, during that scene, fantastic. I love the way that they introduced the sound design in this movie with the most vicious pillow hits I've ever heard in my life. Right. I remember everybody like like going like, what the hell? Like, why is it like, why did it like it pops so loud that too in the scene where she's smacking herself? It so like, it, oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. So it like, yeah. So like, I like the way that they introduced this like, OK, this sound design is going to be like in your ear. Oh, yeah. And uh, it is easily one of the strongest aspects of it, because like, again, like when Riley's beating the shit out, you in you oh, yeah. hear those hits, you know, you and nose like, breaking and shit. The, the yeah. nose breaking, the teeth, and like Jade's hand breaking when she puts her hand in between. That's another like. thing. Uh, just personally, I don't like when movies have like fingernail stuff or teeth or it. eyeball stuff. I, I fucking hate it. it teeth it, stuff it gets me for gets sure. Gets me the willies like so quick. I think it's just like sensitive parts of your body. And this movie literally like has it all. Uh, dude's yoinking his fucking eyeball out. Oh, shit yeah. under the fingernails. It's just like, it's so. It's so like up my alley, but in like the worst way possible. <laughs> I'm just like, please stop it. Usually, violence I'm like pretty fine with in movies, but something about uh, a lot of the sequences in this was just like, oh god. Yeah, there's there's something. Um, you know, I think it it just really like sells like you know like the impact and the pain so much more. And I feel like we kind of lack that in a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, we'll see stuff that has like you know like you know a lot of blood and stuff, but like rarely will have sure. like that like you know that impact sound or like the make it more visceral like that's yeah. what the sound design really does add to uh -huh. the, the effects in this and again the special effects are fantastic like if you like go on their youtube channel like they love doing like you know blood squibs decapitated heads sure, sure. like all all that kind of stuff so like i was uh, very pleased uh with uh, the effects in general um 
are really fantastic. Yeah, I I think a lot of the the designs of the 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 ghosts and the specters yeah, looked yeah, really yeah. great. I I think that there was uh, uh, something that I liked a lot about it, and it seems like some areas it wasn't for you as much. Is there is such a ambiguity with everything that I feel like it doesn't leave me out in the cold and said it invites like imagination and it really uh, especially with the the makeup of some of these other ghosts and stuff the way that they look you can just kind of imagine how they died or you can see how long they've probably been dead by like how much they're decaying i love that when mia dies at the end of the film she's fresh and she like all of her blood is still like hasn't dried yet and that you know you know she's eventually going to start decaying and deteriorating like all of these these other ghosts have i i thought that that was such a a, a great detail yeah, and there's something about, like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we've seen, you know, transparent ghosts, you know, plenty of times, and, yeah. like, usually usually ghosts, like, kind of have, like, a softer look to them. Sure. I appreciate that this design, they were, like, they felt very tangible, and, like, they were all, they were wet. These were wet ghosts. Why are they so slippery? <laughs> for? Yeah, all that shunting they're doing. Oh, no. That, like, you know. <laughs> what kind of fluid is it? We don't know. <laughs> hey, I, I love uh, fluids uh, in all degrees. <laughs> uh, you know, the more fluid in your film, the better. That's I, getting that's clipped out. That's getting clipped out. Oh, no, it's staying in. I have the power. That's no, clipped in. out as far as this is going on TikTok. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's uh, there's something about it that... You know, it, it just kind of adds all around. Like, there's a there's a really great tactileness to yeah. to the film, and yeah. uh, it, it did make for like some unique ghosts. Like, I'm looking at your Freddy Krueger uh, shirt right now, and I'm like, yeah, they kind of had a little bit of that going. Yeah, on. they also talked about um, uh, the design of these creatures, and they apparently had some sort of like Bible that they gave all of the makeup artists as far as like how they had a specific vision in mind and how the the artists were able to um, accomplish that. So yeah, I, I more than anything it really seems like a perfect pairing between like having such a strong creative vision, but uh, entrusting this talented makeup team to be able to bring that vision to life, like flawlessly. Yeah. Uh, big ups to the, the makeup and special effects and everything. Um, I will say uh, poor Mia, bad haircut. So I don't know the, the, uh, yeah. her, uh, so I'll say that she's going through a tough time. She probably cut it. Herself, True. You know? Okay. But it's really bad. Um, so, so, <laughs> you know, as far as the hair and makeup, uh, the, the makeup outstanding hair, uh, that's, I got one knock against you there <laughs> just for me. I really, yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> uh, in, in real life, she has uh, uh gorgeous hair, but yeah, I, I think it's definitely like, uh, you know, she's going through it right now. It was relatable, like COVID times where you're just in the, you know, in the bathroom, just, attacking your head with some scissors yeah um it, it, as we uh some of the other characters we didn't touch on um my uh underrated mvp i think a lot of people would agree is uh mama sue um uh the mom in this is yeah. such a just great teenager mom the way that she like talks to them and the way that like she is like so serious but yeah. then like you also like feel you know her like pain that she's like feeling for her son and like this situation that she really can't wrap her head around you know yeah. like so uh i think she was like the low-key like mvp of the movie yeah <laughs> shout out uh shout out miranda uh otto who is a uh, lord of the rings alum as a uh, aon oh. uh as a uh, aon but there uh, she has so many great moments one of my favorites was I, I can't remember the exact line but i think she's talking to her son before he leaves and he, she's like if you drink anything tonight i will punch you in the yes! face <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah so, so many great moments that was yeah uh, that was a hilarious line that whole scene was like really funny when yeah. she's like 
basically like they know that they're gonna have people over and even though they're not technically having a party they're just she's having like a, she's like a cross-examining everybody yeah, yeah and they're they're like having a small gathering there and yeah. so they're technically not lying but like she is just like i already know the party's going down so just tell me if there's yeah. gonna be yeah. drugs but she's like going like <laughs> to each person separately individually like trying to get them to to crack you know she's like no i already know they, she already told me it's happening yeah you know? like, i love that yeah so uh so yeah low-key mvp for me uh, she was really great. Joe Bird as Riley, like he definitely uh, sells the setup again. Just a, a very sweet little fourteen-year-old with his like you know edge lord buddy mm-hmm. as well. Um, a- everyone in this cast, like even if they're not written as like very deep characters or anything, they're all very distinct and uh, very well performed. Uh, the one that I'm on the fence with is Jade. I was kind of I was not completely sold by her, mm-hmm. and it was like as far I don't as know the performance or the character both. Like, I think both, like, it was, like, she she kind of wasn't given as much in the performance angle, like, you know, like, but, uh, but yeah, she she could have had a little more emotional bite for me, like, rather it be, yeah. like, her uh, relationship with Mia and kind of dealing with this, like, um, there was, like, a, you know, they, her and, um, her and Riley, like, kind of had this, like, very, you know, like, love, like, love-hate relationship in a way, like, mm-hmm. very annoyed by each other, but obviously, again, it's because of, like, the, the age proximity totally. and everything, and, yeah. I don't know, just something about her performance wasn't giving for me and something about how much she just, like, kind of, like, flip-flopped and then was just, like, kind of very pissy. Uh, like, I mean, I understand, like, what she's going through. I don't know. There was just something yeah. something weird. I, I agree. I think the the biggest uh, um, kind of shortcoming of this movie is with the character of Jade. I would have really preferred to spend a lot more time, especially because you had already mentioned the relationship between her and between Mia in the wake of losing her mother and this idea of found family that she has this best friend that whose house she probably went over to time and time again, somebody that Jade probably also went over to her house and spent time with, with Mia's mom. Like that is something that I think maybe could have been explored a little bit more, but it kind of is mostly just her either being mad at Riley or mad at Mia. And like, that's kind of about it. You know, like she just kind of switches from one character to being mad at the other one. And yeah, I, I felt like, the emotional tether between the two, I think, would have been um, a lot stronger had that been um, developed a little bit more. And then on top of that, the decision that Mia makes at the end to kill Riley would have been even more powerful because I think you would have built off of that that history and the relationship between these two families and how they've kind of leaned on one another during this time. Again, it's there, but it's just not substantive enough, at least for what I would have preferred. So how do you see um, how do you think the ending played out? As because far as like, because that's like the one thing that we like don't get like so because like I mean I feel like at that point she was like really about to do it so it was like but then it kind of cuts and then so it was like what did did she either a so what did Jade tackle save Riley and then Mia just kept going into the road did Mia do it on purpose to like snap herself out of it and save Riley and then she like jumped in the road how yeah. do you think the ending went down for me I think it was Mia s- was committed to doing this to to killing Riley and then like right before she was about to do it she like leapt in front of traffic to kill herself and I think with what we see at the end of the film there's kind of this like dreamy montage surrounding Mia of seeing Riley getting better and him, uh, uh, you know, uh, his injuries subsiding and they're leaving the hospital and like all of these things kind of, you see life 
the the life that she maybe could have seen sort of flash before her eyes before she you know everything turns to to black and we see her shaking the hand of the next person playing this game so i felt like to me yeah Riley, uh, mia sacrificed herself before she was able to to kill riley but now that she is in the afterlife there's almost this kind of omniscience of you know she's able to see the future she's able to see a little bit of the past but it's kind of all happening at once and that to me gave it this very like dream nightmare like quality you know you never see these ghosts appear and they're like super you know aware of what's happening they seem to be a little bit confused or out of time and i felt like that that was you know similar to what we would assume mia would feel you know yeah and 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 nightmares too in a way that I love that we don't know what, like, the ghosts or demons were trying to do. Like, yeah. it's not like they were, like, trying to, like, permanently possess anyone or, like, trying to do anything. They yeah. just really wanted to cause pain and, yeah. like, really wanted to, like, make people suffer. Like, and that's, yeah. like, I, I like that. I, I love a ghost without an agenda. Yeah. They're just, like, casual, just, like, I just really want to fuck you up <laughs> and, like, really just want to, like, cause you lots of pain. Yeah. And it's, like, um, and then, so... It kind of it uh hits in a, a interesting way, just like yeah the you know the total way that they're able to manipulate Mia and everyone yeah. in in this situation. What about you though? What what is your take on the ending? I mean, I thought it was it, by the way that it like looked. I was like, did Jade make it there and like tackle, like maybe like you know snag Riley and then like because yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like at that point because like Mia wasn't possessed. You know, she, I, I, like, I mean, she was, like, hev she was being, like, manipulated, yeah. heavily influenced, but, like, I don't think she was possessed. So, like, like she, that is Mia herself was, like, kind of committed to that point. Yeah. And I think that just maybe makes for, like, an ultimate low for that character if that is the case. That, like, oh, she was totally going to just kill Riley if she had the chance. Like, that is, you know, how badly she wanted this. And, like, I thought maybe that was supposed to be the reflection yeah. of, like, her just, like, going to the end of the movie and never accepting the death, never being able to move on. And then now she is, you know, in the yeah. realm herself and permanently not able to move on. So it's like, I, I think that makes for like a very darker, you know, even more yeah. uh, bleak touch to it. If like, she just like was fully committed to it. And I think at that point she was, I don't think she was possessed. See, I, I feel like, yeah, I don't think she was possessed in that moment either. I, I, I think it would be, a little less impactful if she didn't make that choice to sacrifice well, yeah, herself. Because that's because what we want, though. We want that for that character to have some sort of redemption, to be like, oh, she tried and she sacrificed herself for yeah. Riley. It's like, I don't know. I, I like just that there is no, like, redemption. Well, I, I also like the idea that maybe these ghosts that are occupying this space that are able to be communed with are people who committed suicide. You know, like, I think that that could be really interesting, too, because that would explain why she sees her mother. They do. You know, yeah. uh, like, so that maybe is why Mia is in this uh, limbo is because she did sacrifice herself, but she has to pay that price, you know, that she she killed herself. To me, I feel like that's more powerful on a, on a couple of fronts. Um, but also, yeah, I think it's more powerful for Mia to make that choice to sacrifice herself rather than Jade make that choice for her, you know. I mean, I, I I definitely see the logic there. The only thing that I would poke in that logic is that the little girl. 
Like, we really think the little girl killed herself? I don't know, man. She looked like she was about it to me. She she was like, come come, come into my world and see fucking hell. (laughs) Because I just figured she was like, oh, I got, like, murdered or, like, whatever. Maybe. Which we never get, like, any backstory for any of the ghosts, which I'm totally fine with. I I like that. I like that. Like you said, we kind of just, like, infer what happened to them by their look a little bit. So, like, uh, so not sure. So, I don't, I don't, so I'm not sure if that's exactly the case, but. That is um that is uh one that I'm like I'm fine with like not knowing the answer because it's like sure. either way it's still bleak as fuck I think yeah I just like I I feel like just for me personally I like the like almost no redemption angle yeah. to like really just like hammer home the like this is what happens if mm-hmm. you do not move on if yeah. you don't like you know like you know they had mentioned the filmmakers had mentioned that this movie had like multiple different Indians at one point even into shooting so that they were like kind of figuring that out so I'd be curious to see how some of the uh, other endings differed differed from this one. But ultimately, I, I felt like it was a really affecting, really bleak slash bittersweet ending, you know, and I loved that last kind of shot of the, 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 the this other group of teenagers somewhere off in the world playing the talk to me game. Like, I thought that that was, that to me was like the first stage of something that we would see in the ring, you know, to where it's like, this is now a viral thing and it's going to be passed around people around the globe rather than just being stuck with these dumbass kids, you know? Yeah. I thought that was a, I thought that was a fun touch. It was a, a nice, like little, just like, ah, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't end. And, um, and, and I would definitely be interested to see some of these alternative endings. So, Hey, a 24, throw it on the, on the, uh, sure. physical release. Hell yeah. Give it, give us those alternates. Um, yeah, I've always wanted, um, I've always wanted to see the alternates file for creep. Because they said oh, they like sure. had like they had so much footage that they like literally had like twenty something different endings or yeah. something like that. The and like imagine just like I think that would be a cool thing for like found yeah. footage movies to just like really dump their like entire footage like yeah, after yeah, a yeah. release or something. Yeah, either that or those <laughs> uh, big coffee table books that they have. But the yeah the the piece of A twenty four merch that I want from this movie is I want like a candle of the hand. You know, like have one of the fingers be a wick or something like that. that, that that's gotta be coming. <laughs> uh, come on, like uh, uh, yeah, A twenty four that. One's for free, but that, I would that, buy it. <laughs> that that one's that one's gotta be coming. So. Yeah, something. Uh, uh, some speaking of the hand, something else that they mentioned. Not to keep plugging this interview, but I I say it because it was a pretty funny insight. Is they mentioned the guy that designed the hand, who like wrote all of the mm. the things on the hand. He had submitted the prop and then quit the next day. How weird is that? That he was just like, here, I'm done. You know, like, like quit the company, quit or? the job, like quit being like the prop person for for this movie or whatever the case is. Is like he had just submitted the final product of the hand that we see in the movie, and then the day after that, he quit working on the film. <laughs> He's like, that is all it was I'm too doing. much, too spooky. It's I just like, what you, happened to this? Guy, I will you give know? you the the centerpiece, and that is it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I really like the design of it. Uh, yeah, I think it was really great. Cool. Like it was like always cool. Like uh, when we did get a close up to like try to read some of totally. them. You know, yeah. Um. So that'll be fun to be able to watch at home and like pause it, and like really yeah. be able I'm to like, read what, like, them. If there's stuff. any other languages on there, like what the the words on there translate to, like, yeah. I feel like, and maybe you can like move into final thoughts. I feel like this movie is um a little bit vague in some areas that are a detriment in regards to I think some of the dimensions of some of these characters. I, I wish would have been given a bit more time to shine, especially the relationship between Jade and Mia. Um. But I feel like the movie also uses that sense of ambiguity to its favor. I know it, it didn't work for you, but I love that it invites imagination. It doesn't, it, it it's not the kind of ambiguity to where 
you're trying to piece together what happens in the movie, but in, in, in diving in and asking these questions and having these conversations, I think it invites a sense of imagination that will really, you know, kind of, kind of embolden the movie in your mind, you know, of, of making these decisions all the, all the more resonant, making these ghosts all the more resonant. Yeah. I think that there's, there, uh, there's a lot of kind of a sense of play here as far as like a, a viewer, like I can't wait to watch this again and see all of the different details in it. But yeah, I, I thought it was really visceral. The scares were really um, effective, not an over-reliance on jump scares, just like uh, tried and true, just like grab you by the shoulders kind of fear. Um, I really enjoyed watching it in the theaters. I can't wait to watch it um, again. I'll definitely be picking this one uh, up. And I want to show it to people, man. Like, this is just a fun, easy, breezy 90 minutes. I don't think it's the best horror movie of the year. That's just personally um, uh, as of this moment right now. Um, but I think it's a still damn fine uh, horror movie. So yeah. for me, I'm giving it a four out of five uh, statue hands. Four out of five? Okay, I was I was kind of back and forth on um, what I was gonna give it, um, and uh, you know I've, uh, I've I softened a bit through through this conversation on it, but we did it, guys. But um, I because I currently have it listed as a three, I had it as a three and a half at one point. It's kind of a six point five. Sure, it's not a six or a seven, so it's like in between. Isn't there your three point five like a hot mess category? Would you consider this a hot mess? Um, in a way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but also, but the messiness doesn't, like, it's not like a fun messiness, though. Sure. You know, my hot mess category are typically a little bit more fun, and not to say that there isn't fun in this movie, there yeah, totally is fun in this movie. Bleak. <laughs> there, there, it's bleak, but there is some fun, but so, so I don't know if I would maybe not consider it a hot mess gotcha um so so yeah but like you know i enjoyed a lot of it uh the the you know production angle of it it looks very good it sounds fantastic scores really good um the performances for the most part are really good we got a nice like uh ensemble that play off each other uh they felt like genuine teenagers i really did appreciate that like mm-hmm. they did feel like totally. very much their age yeah. uh which was Even like the it costuming felt, re- it felt refreshing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like something about it uh it all it was all very refreshing in that angle um i did like again like the like the first act of this movie i think is fantastic mm-hmm. i really love like that first act and i was in and then for and then it just like kind of like it like got it was like it started got a real hot start off the block and then it just didn't like know where the finish line was pulled pull the hammy it, you know? it lost its compass that's i think what i texted sure. or tweeted somebody i was like yeah, the movie just like how lost its compass and then was kind of like oh wait now what sure sure um in a in a weird way so um you know so yeah so i'm feeling i'm i'm, I'm gonna stick with my three out of five and then uh check back in with my letterbox after i watch this with subtitles yeah and see if like maybe um i get like a little bit more uh character do connection you, do you think it. you're on a rewatch do you think there's potential to go down or is it only up from here no i don't think there's no there, there's no way i'm gonna go lower than a three because okay. like it it's again very technically sound well put together it, like i had like you know, I had reactions to it while I was watching, and you know, so I won't say it's a bad time to totally. watch. So yeah. yeah, no, it won't go lower. There's only only a potential for it to go up a little bit. Good to as, hear. Good as to uh, hear. as you know, I know uh, definitely some more theories are going to come about. Oh, yeah. Um, before we get to movie math, uh, uh, talk back to me. Talk to me too. Um, <laughs> talk to me. They, um, okay. uh, how are you feeling? Uh, they had mentioned that too in the Q and A that they wanted to, they would be interested in doing a sequel, and I'm good. Like I'm good, man. Like, I don't really, I, I don't, unless you just want to see another, like, group of 
kids just get fucked up by these ghosts, I guess. But to me, it's just kind of like, I'm, I'm good with one and done, man. Like, I don't need a sequel to everything. I mean, I don't, I also don't need a sequel to yeah. uh, everything, but... Um, if they were gonna again, like, kind of go into like more of the like possessed, the possession yeah. angle of it, and like kind of playing with that a lot more, you know, we could get some body swapping shenanigans Ooh. in there. Uh, you know, we can uh, get the different countries. Obviously, yeah, it's yeah. already made its way to. It's, uh, it said Greece. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. where it made its way to. Um, at the end of the movie, so it's like there's, yeah. you know, there's possibilities to like still do it, but do something like completely different, like yeah. where it isn't just like another group of kids. Like yeah. I feel like, I mean, it'll be another group of kids, but like I feel like there's there's room. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of angles they could go. It could it like doesn't even have to connect to this first movie at all. It can yeah. be literally just in like name only in the hand. Yeah, A twenty four has only done one sequel, which, which is, is Pearl. Um, yeah. so uh, I would be curious to see if they would be interested in doing that but yeah if they are which i'm hopeful that they don't yeah give me more of like an anthology kind of not an anthology movie but in a sense of like we're not following mia we're following completely different characters on the other side of the world you know like period piece prequel let's do it yeah i'd be down for it you know we could there's options so yeah but yeah i didn't i didn't realize that they have that little amount of sequels but that totally checks out but uh let's uh, see what other movies that were on the brain while we were discussing talk to me Alrighty, here on Spectre Cinema Club, we like to end all of our episodes by playing movie math. Uh, you guys probably know the rules. Uh, you just have to take a few films that reminded you of the movie that we're discussing today and put it in a mathematical equation. Uh, you've already uh, t- hinted at some of your uh, movie math equation, but uh, what's the entirety of your equation, Yvonne? Yeah, no. Um, uh, uh, once again, there. If you if you guys listen throughout the episode keenly, you can almost find out all the movies that will be in the equation we've kind of gotten to that point now uh, which i think is fun um and because there was a moment where you literally almost said every movie in my equation like in a (laughs) row or or well i had said one of my movies and then you said the other one and i thought you were about to say the other that's great and i was like oh my god i swear if he says my entire (laughs) equation right now it would have been so funny so right now i got in parentheses um, you uh, you shouted out uh, Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, mm-hmm. um, which uh, yeah, it's pretty bad, but it's also kind of fun to watch. Like that's some, a hot mess right there. That's that a, that, that's a pretty mess, that's yeah. a hot mess. Uh, I think it was that's still in the three three star category, but like uh, there, there's some fun stuff in yeah, that not one with the with the yeah. yeah, totally not unwatchable. Uh, and it, I have it added together with a actually a true hot mess. Wish upon, um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another uh, monkey's paw kind of movie but then like you know we actually see his protagonist like you know like you know be very complicated and become a very shitty person you know throughout this you know thing that they are kind of addicted to and like the way it tie i think it ties in a little bit better with um her kind of uh you know a relationship with her parents like the stuff with her and her dad is actually really interesting in that movie i think it's better than um it's given credit for i'm not saying it's a great movie or anything but i feel like that's in the hot mess category for me um so so i have uh that plus truth or dare uh in parentheses and then times uh smile the other movie that i mentioned um not only just in that kind of expectations way but in also another one trauma and grief yeah. connecting to it um that kind of the the um the uh the aesthetics are very similar in a way you know mm-hmm. very slick films um you know with uh you know great effects and sound design um 
uh, and also like kind of follows that that curse formula. Um, I said that Smile wanted to be it follow so bad, and I wouldn't say that this movie does that. Yeah. Um, this movie is separate in itself, and I think better than Smile mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but uh, also very similar in the way that I felt about it. So that's what I got. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm in a similar area. I have in parentheses, I have Flatliners, uh, which yeah, is I saw also... That. I've seen that a lot. See, like uh, people tempting fate and trying to access the supernatural by like putting themselves in harm's way and kind of what are the dangers of that. I have that plus uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which is also have like Ooh, themes yeah, of yeah, like yeah. contacting the dead as a means of like... Uh, uh, reaching a loved one or, you know, trying to process all these... Uh, and trying to make money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so I have that in parentheses. Time's hereditary. Not due to the, the quality of the film, but more in regards to kind of the tone, subject matter, themes, again, of grief, but also, like, manipulation. How much are our characters in control? How much are they not in control? Who's moving the pieces here? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's... When I see the hereditary comparisons, not because I'm like, this is the next hereditary but more in the sense of like it's pretty fucking bleak and some kids go s- through some pretty harrowing shit it's a in bleak this movie, tone you know? yeah. and yeah it looks like the scene where you know a uh, wolf is fucking smack his hell on the desk but like no this movie's not like hereditary i'm sorry uh, it's not. yeah well the times here is just for vibe so. for vibes only uh, and i think that this gives similar vibes it's to me it's not like night and day, no I, oh yeah know? i'm not yeah, agreeing yeah. i'm not uh, disagreeing with your use of it oh, i'm just I saying see, as see. far as the direct comparisons i've been seeing yeah. i I don't. I no. disagree. If, if somebody told that. me this was this year's hereditary, I'd be like, eh, I guess. Like uh, a process of elimination. If we had to pick one, I would say this yeah. is more than Evil Dead. But well, uh, you yeah. know, it's it, it's been fun because I mean, uh, it's been mainly positive. Like especially, I've been like looking at a uh, past guests on the show and like. Uh, a lot of them are very hyped on it, but yeah. then I've, I'm glad there's a few uh, people in my corner that are like, uh, okay, let's uh, let's chillax a little bit. It's been funny. Like, uh, there's there's like uh, me, me, Joe, Trace, Jenny. We're all on like the side of like, hey, let's cool it a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, but um, we got like Zero and Molly. Uh, super hyped on this one. Raina, yeah. Raina absolutely loved it. So, yeah. so we have a nice. Uh, we, uh, you know, I love me a good conversation piece. Totally. Yeah. At the I, end of the I, day, I think for me, uh, I'm definitely rarely one to deal in like hyperbolics as far as like, oh man, horror movie of the century, horror movie of the year. You know, I'll, I'll wait and uh, crown my horror movie of the year at the, uh, of course, the end of the year. Right. But yeah. Right. But it's I, July, guys. Yeah, we're half there. It's like, yeah, we just got through uh, July and all that, or uh, January and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, for me, uh, I think it's a damn solid uh, horror movie. I'm not surprised that people love it as much as they do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad that horror is in the conversation, and I think that this is probably going to do very well financially. And, uh, yeah, and, and if you somehow listen to this and still haven't seen it, uh, go see it in a theater. Yeah. Make sure you go see it with a f- – uh, take your friends. Go do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I agree with you. I think it'll be a nice, like, fun, like, at-home, like, kind of group party watch as well. Totally. Be like, hey, you to guys see your friends fucking squirm, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, I'll, I'll tease you guys that uh, me and a friend, we've been uh, – we uh, started writing a, a, a little script of a thing. Ooh. Um, we don't know what kind – like, uh, we're kind of stuck in that, like, at first we wanted it to be, like, a short film, but, like, now we're, like, kind of, like, wanting to kind of write it as, like, a pilot-type mm-hmm. deal thing now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is possession-based with Ooh. some with some body swap kind of stuff going on. Interesting. Um, that that would be very funny. So, so you know, who knows? We'll see. Who we'll see. knows, indeed. But um, we are kicking off a new theme next month, and uh, it is uh, August. It's hot outside, and you know where you want to be. Near a body of water, of course. Uh, it is 
uh, time for some uh, some aquatic horror uh, to get into. Very excited. We got a nice little mixture of creature features yes. and also um, some uh, ones that I am skeptical even belong in the category. <laughs> but, you know, hey, you, I, you know I love a good reach. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> excited. Uh, uh, and you guys will see on our calendar what our full pick of uh, picks of the, the films are so you can be sure to watch them before our discussion. But there are no creature alligator shark sort of situation so i'm excited that at the end of the month we're doing like a discussion about that entire subgenre yes. and throwing some uh some of our favorites out in that so don't worry we're going to get our sharks and our, our uh, big old crocs and yeah end of this I, I did i did find it interesting how that happened but i was actually happy though i was like yeah. i was like yeah like let's uh get some other stuff we even got a classic in there yeah. uh to to get into so yeah very excited make sure you guys uh, look out for uh, the calendar post on that uh, Garrett, what are you working on right now? Uh, you guys can follow me over on uh, TikTok and Letterboxd, uh, as well as uh, Threads and Twitter, uh, over at Garrett McDowell. Uh, and if you want to subscribe to my other podcast, uh, you can do so by going to at uh, Scum Villain Pod. It's my uh, Star Wars podcast. Uh, all of the uh, links in such are uh, uh, in that Twitter bio. So, yeah, we'd love to have you guys on over there. And you can find me, as usual, on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, at underscore Daddy Disco. Make sure you're following uh, the podcast uh, page on TikTok as we post some like little clippies and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Devon talking about the, the goopy ghosts is going to be in this week's. Goopy ghosts. <laughs> these wet-ass ghosts. Can't wait. And uh, you can also hear me over on uh, the Pod and Pendulum podcast as uh we're uh riding into saw city baby um uh, we're not gonna be doing like individual saw film coverage here but we will be doing some saw stuff but uh, if you want to hear individual coverage you can hear me over on pot and pendulum i'll be doing at least three of those um as uh, as i you know take my uh you know yearly stay in saw city can't wait but I'll go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.